You may be seated. Now, respect. That's my topic. Now, why respect? Respect is esteem or a sense of worth or excellence of a person. All right? Can somebody turn off this engine at the back here? Now, esteem for a sense of worth or excellence of a person. Amen. Now, one of the great problems of being an independent ministry is respect. All right? Um, Respect is the quality of the state of being esteemed. You know, when you are esteemed or regarded, your worth, your value, your opinion is recognized. Now, in the ministry, one of the greatest things is respect for you as a minister. Respect by your church members for you. I hope, I wish our, your church members will be here to hear me what I'm saying. Yes. Um, because respect for you and for what you are doing and for your worth and your value is one of the biggest issues which you will live to fight for without knowing that you are fighting for. <laughs> you not know that you are fighting for it, but you'll be fighting for it almost all your ministry, but especially when your ministry is at a certain stage. Now, I would say that I didn't know the extent to which respect has an effect on a minister of God till I went to Korea. When I was in Korea, I was treated with respect by Yonggi-cho. And um, it had an effect on me. Yes, it had an effect on me. And I realized that it, it had an effect because that is the big thing that is missing in your life when you sometimes choose to be a minister of the gospel. Yeah, it's the big, it's the big thing. It's like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, a pastor, a prophet, you are nothing. You are nobody. And you are a thief. You, you are just looking for money. You want to cheat people, collect offerings. And there are a lot of respectable jobs to do. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. And a lot of the behaviors of our members is from a lack of respect. Uh-huh. And a lot of confusion in our marriages is also from a lack of respect. Uh-huh. It's true. Lack of respect. Yes. One of the least respected people in the world are Christian husbands. Especially pastors has, uh, pastors or husbands. Pastoral husbands. <laughs> you know, people don't usually say such things. Yeah. But I don't mind saying it. So, respect is something you are going to struggle for. And you need to understand that respect, which is you being valued, is actually the channel through which your ministry will go. When you are not valued, no one will invite you. No one will listen to you. No one will call you. No one will pay attention when you are speaking. Your members will not really be excited or happy when you are talking. And it develops until it becomes disloyalty, breaking away, and all those things. So respect is a very, very important thing. When I arrived at Seoul, Korea, for the first time, not the first time, the second time, when I, when I, I don't know, the second or the third time, when I was, I was met at the airport. And from that time, I was always met at the airport. I was met with a placard with my name, Dr. Heward Mills. <laughs> yes. That was the beginning of the respect. Yes. And then I was taken by, with a chauffeur. Yes to where I was to stay. The, the journey is about one hour, one and a half hours in the taxi, in a, in a limousine. Yes. When I pressed, there are buttons. When you press it, it becomes, it goes down. And it's like a Benz, but it's not a Benz, it's a Korean Benz. Yes. So I sat, I sit in the car. A, a driver and sometimes an assistant like somebody who's helping. So when I arrive at the hotel, it's the best hotel. Yes, Millennium Millennium Hilton Hotel. Yes. Then when I enter the room, the wall of the room is glass. Wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, respect. <laughs> it's like I'm no, no one has treated me like that before. Yes. No one has treated me like that before. Yes. When I drink orange juice, it's $50 for one glass of orange juice. <laughs> yes. $50. <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> How much is an orange? Yes. 
many things that were done. When I look back, now that he is gone, and now that there's nobody to go to, and there's nowhere like that, I can see that it was like I was being given something that I didn't have. Oh, yes. I remember one pastor from Switzerland. You know, in Switzerland, they don't have a chauffeur, this, this, whatever. So he was from Switzerland. And when he also came, they came for him with a chauffeur. And some of his members were there. They, they, were, they were looking and said, hey, you are enjoying here in Korea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, here you look like you are really, because we said like nobody will do anything for you. <laughs> yeah. So, in the ministry, you find out that your value and how people see your value. You know, Jesus was disrespected throughout his ministry until they actually just put him to death. Yeah, he was not given a respect. He was not given respect by the people in the system. I mean, they despised him because he was like, you are nothing. You know, they despised him they fought him, and the way they even, I mean, ended his life was a very low way, you know, but it was the hatred. And that thing is, it is in human beings, and it is something that you are fighting without knowing what you are fighting. So, it is important that you understand the dynamics of respect. And especially if you are starting, you don't have much to show. You see, Jesus said in John 30, 10, 37, he said, even if you don't believe me, you see, believe the works. Yes. John 10, 37. You see, if, if I don't do the works, don't believe me. Let the works speak. So when you don't have works, your case is even worse. <laughs> Nothing to speak for you. But by chapter 10, he has done many miracles. Chapter 1, he healed the, the uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, the nobleman's son. Chapter 5, he healed the um, man by the pool. Chapter 9, he healed the blind man. Chapter 11, he raised Lazarus. So by chapter 10, there were some good works. So he said, though you don't believe me, believe the works. And verse 38 as well, he says, but if I do the works, though you do believe me not, believe the works. 
that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. You see, he has something to show. So he said, even though you don't believe anything, look at the works and believe. He was advising them. He was advising them. So I want to share with you about this issue of respect because relationships that are important are not beneficial or activated until there is respect in relationships. Yes. If there is no respect in my relationship with you, the relationship becomes a joint that is disconnected. If there is no respect in the relationship between you and your church members, even though you are a very anointed pastor, you lose the ability for the connection to work. Because respect is not there. Honor is not there. Yeah. So when you start out in the ministry, all that you are doing, are you with me, is building up respect and then you die. So it's like the respect takes time and you are respected most when you are dead. And you can't speak again. And then it's like, wow, this was a very great person. This was a mere wonderful man. This was, there's nobody like this person. By which time, many of the things that you could benefit from, you cannot benefit from them. So it is important for you to understand these dynamics of what respect and honor is about. All right, and especially when you don't have much to show. Yeah. So I want you to see what I'm sharing with you. Um, number one, respect for your heavenly. Father, now, why respect for your heavenly father? When you don't, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, all right, verse 30, it says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and thy house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. Do you get it? Be it far from me. Them that honor, I will honor. Amen. And they that despise me shall be highly esteemed. Amen. Now, honoring God is something very, you may think that God doesn't notice respect. But this story shows that God noticed the respect Eli had for his children. And the respect he had for his children 
revealed a lack of respect for God. And that's what God reacted to. And gave him the greatest curse. The greatest curse. You know what he said? Your sons were sleeping with the girls in the church. They were chopping the money, the offerings. You wouldn't correct them. You wouldn't say anything to them. Okay? Now, what God is saying is that if you lightly esteem me, this is his reaction. He says, you, you, I said your house will be very important, but those that honor me, I will honor. And then he goes on to say, you, you honored your children and your family above me by not correcting them. By not dealing with them. You didn't respect me. And I'm telling you that between you and your church members, if there is no respect, your ministry is finished. And once there's no respect, God doesn't feel the respect. is going to do whatever. So if you ever have in your church, all right, people that are immoral or doing the wrong things and you fail to Correct it seriously. Eh? God says that you don't respect me. But you, because when you correct it, it may show somehow a lowering of those people. It can show lowering. But sometimes to save their face or to make people not look like they are being demoted or lowered, you will not do it. You get what I'm saying? And that, God says that, you have honored your children more than you honored me. That's what God says. That's how he sees it. And you better see it that way. It's like if I'm saying that, if I'm preaching and you stand up, I see that you don't, I feel you don't respect me. I say, oh, it's not true. But I say, that's what I feel. That's how I feel. So, when you stand up, it means you don't respect. Or if you sit down, it means you don't respect. Or if you wave your hand, it means you don't respect. Whatever I say is a sign of disrespect. You have to accept it because that's what I'm saying. And God is saying that when you didn't correct your children, you didn't correct your pastors, you didn't check that issue, it meant that you lightly esteemed me and you despised me because by honoring that the pastors or the, 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 the whatever, more than me. Because if you, you honor them, if you, if you correct them, they may be lowered. They may be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and God sees it as whatever. As a very, it's a very dangerous thing. So if you want to activate and maintain your relationship with God, through respect, respect that thing. Yeah. Whoever has to be corrected and restrained. He said, you did not restrain your sons. You did not check them. You did not stop it. You allowed it. You just spoke, but you didn't act. That's the end. That's how God sees it. I didn't write the Bible. Read the verse again. It says, wherefore the Lord said, read from the verse before. 
Verse 29, please. Wherefore kick you at my sacrifice, all right, which I have commanded, and honorest thy sons above me. That's the point that God is trying to say that, yes, you are giving your sons respect, but I see it as you are honoring your sons above me. By, by what? He advised them, but he didn't check them. He didn't move them. He didn't correct them. He didn't take an action. Look at what he says. And honorest thy sons above me to make thyself fat with the chiefest of all offerings of Israel, my people. Because you see, your sons, you would not want to demote them because they were like the highest. Yeah. <laughs> so this lack of respect And I'll tell you, there is a certain respect that even a certain reaction to a child's behavior or to a junior's behavior reveals respect. Recently, one of my um, senior lady uh, Pastors, let me just use that, pastors. Had his, her daughter was married to a pastor. And the pastor was becoming some way. You know? So, eventually, I don't know what happened, but they were, she was being some way. So, one day I was talking with the lady pastor. And she said to me, I told my daughter, my only daughter, I said, if you follow this around behavior with your husband, he said, you are my only daughter, but I will disown you. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. She, told, she said, I told my only child, my daughter, I said, I, it's a curse. It brings curses to families. Families are affected by all these things. If you try, she told me, if you try, I told her, I said, I will disown you and that will be the end between me and you. If you try, if your husband goes this way and starts following and you follow him, I am telling you I'm your mother. I will disown you. You are my only daughter. I was shocked. That's strong. That's strong. Very strong. The strongest so far. <laughs> That's what Eli didn't do. Eli didn't make it very clear that even though you are my child, I promise you, if you do this and you do this, I will move you from here and you will see. I don't care what happens. And by doing that, when this lady pastor spoke, I, I felt my level of importance went up. That I am so important and the church is so important that you tell your daughter that you will disown her. It's a very high thing. 
And I felt that she esteemed the church as a very important thing in her life. That even her daughter follows something like this, she would disown her own child. Yeah, you don't follow this. I'm just trying to say that respect, and it activated, it, it brought a feeling. I look at her and say, hey, this is strong. I've not heard this before. You know, and it brought a certain feeling and I felt a certain, like, that the church is very important to her and, and everything that we are doing, even myself. I said, wow. So I think God also sees. So, you know, in a church, there are many things that happen in a church, in the life of a church. Oh, it's just a matter of time. If you haven't seen certain things, it's, it's a matter of time. When we built our cemetery, we have a cemetery. When we built our cemetery, some people were, what is that? You will soon see. What is it? The need of a cemetery. Yes. When I went to Korea, I saw the cemetery that Yongito had built all over the mountain. His mother-in-law was buried there. His wife is buried there. He is buried there. They are all buried there. Now, yeah, but you may not know. One day I went to a church. A pastor told me, so many of my church members are dead from cancer. And I said, I, I, is, I don't know anybody. Cancer. He told me, you are young. That is why. And today I can mention a number of people that I know with cancer. Yes. So when it comes to sin amongst the sons of the prophet, when it comes to sin in the house of God, it's a matter of time. If it's a human beings that are pastoring. Unless maybe you have got angelic appointees also. But if it is whatever, it's a matter of time. Yes. Now, if you are the head of the church and you are the one in the sin, then it's even more complicated. And that is not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about doing things and allowing things to continue in the church without being strong. God sees it as you don't respect me. And you respect these ones more than you respect me. So respect sometimes is relative. It's what you show here and what you show there. One day there was a pastor. He had been in the church for many years. He had been pastoring. And um, a visiting pastor came to preach. When the pastor came to preach, ah, people were blessed. People were so blessed. So after, a lady businesswoman in the church came to see the man of God, that is the visitor, and said, I am so blessed with your ministry, and I want to bless you with a brand new land cruiser. Yes. So she brought the brand new Land Cruiser, came to bless the man of God. That is the visitor. You see, now the head pastor who has invited this visitor was upset by the whole thing. Yes, he was upset by them because he said, "Look, I've been in the church for 20, 30 years. I'm your pastor. I lay red carpet for visitors to come. They come, they go. They come, they go." 
you have never thought of this. And it's not even the land cruiser that you've bought. But it's almost, you can sense, it's like, it's like, the, uh, uh, this, the, you, you, you are not the great, worthy, and valuable person around. It's the visitor who is valuable and great and worthy. Yes, the person who's just passing through. The person who you laid a red carpet for him to come and walk. And the point that I'm making is that sometimes when you show respect here, it sends a message of disrespect there. By what you show there, it shows you that it's not there. And that's what God was saying, that when you respected your sons there, it showed that you didn't respect God over here. And so that when you respect the visitor... It shows it so much. It, it almost reveals that you don't respect the, the real owner or the real shepherd who is with you at all. It's nothing to you. It's nothing to you. And you cannot be in a church and respect a visitor more than the man who stands with you, preaching to you, talking to you, praying for you. Every day is talking, 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 talking. I mean, he's there for this, for this, for that. Then somebody just can't want to he tells his best, three best jokes that he has and four best stories that he has never told, uh, he has not heard before. And you are so impressed. Either, and meanwhile, he has only four stories and three jokes. And your pastor has said more than 35 stories. <laughs> and he's still sharing. <laughs> so, Activate your respect. You know, when that sister told me the warning that she gave to her daughter, I said, wow, it activated a certain something. I didn't say anything. I didn't make any comment, but I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking, that's why I'm even mentioning it. I've been thinking in my head, wow. It's like the church is very important to her. God is very important to her. The ministry is very important. The teachings that we teach are very important. I am very important. It has ministered to me respect. And it changes the relationship. And my prayer is that you will never, you know, the, Rick Joyner said something. He said that there is no curse in the whole Bible like the curse on Eli. He said it is the worst of all the curses in the Bible. Yes, that's what he said. It's the most debilitating, withering curse that has ever been spoken in the Bible it was on Eli. It was on this case. So we have to be careful when it comes to such things. If somebody is sleeping with people, somebody is stealing money, somebody is doing you cannot respect the person more than you respect God. Are you still around? Yes. Now, number two, I want you to activate your relationship with God by respecting God. That's number one. Number two, activate your relationship with Jesus by your respect for Jesus. Now, how do you uh, respect Jesus Christ? Amen. Number one, you see here, Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 40, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth me, 
receiveth him that sent me. In Luke 10 and verse 16, he says, He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth him that sent me, him that, he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. All right? So, if you honor someone who is sent by Jesus, you are honoring Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. And if you honor Christians, do you understand? You are honoring Jesus Christ. So, when a person despises someone who has been sent by Jesus, you have disrespected Jesus Christ. That's why you have to be careful because you never know when Jesus has sent somebody to you. Yes. You never know when Jesus has sent somebody to you. Yeah. You have to be careful with everybody. Yeah. And I am teaching you this so that you teach your members. You know, because you, 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 your people, you must see people as someone sent by Jesus. You see, you must see me as someone sent by Jesus to you. Yes. Many years ago, I read a story of Robert Sladen and he had a vision. And in the vision, he saw, he went to heaven. He was, um, I forget how old he was. He was a young person. Nine, nine years old. When he went to heaven, all right, and Jesus showed him amongst many things, all the people that he's going to meet for his life and his ministry. Yeah. So I always remember that and I realized that it's like people have been listed by God. You are going to encounter this one. After that, you encounter this one. After that, you encounter this one. All these people are for you. So when the person appears, it looks like coincidence. It looks like something that is just happening. But it is actually Jesus sending somebody to you. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is sending somebody to you. And when, you must be careful to honor the person and respect the person. You know, a few days ago, I met a group of people. And I was a bit surprised at their behavior because they were showing me a lot of respect, which I, I myself, I didn't know why. They said they were having a meeting on marriage in the, in the church office. They were having a meeting. And they were discussing some marriages. People were having marriage problems and so on. So they said, they took my book, Beauty and the Beast, and they told me the chapter. And they said, in this chapter, it has characteristics of an A1 husband. Do you see? And then another chapter, they have a X5, a characteristic of a person who's not a good husband. So anyway, so they, they took a number of wives. Do you see? And they, they said, we are, we, are, we are doing a check. There were 60 points. 
And they said, when we ask you, you answer. So they, they were mentioning the thing. They said they went through. This one had 51 points of a good husband. This one had 53 points. This one had 26 points of a good husband. And they were reading the points. So I asked them, who wrote the book? Who wrote that book? I was like, I wanted I said, oh, you, it's your book. I said, did I write all this? He said, yeah, you wrote it. <laughs> I, I realized that they've taken the book seriously. And literally, point, so they went through. Then they came to say that now we are analyzing the wives. This one is a happy wife. Meanwhile, her husband had only 26 points. She said, oh, yeah, husband is good. All the questions there, she had only 26 of the things. But she was rather happy. Then somebody who had 53 of the points does your husband do this? Does he take the children to school? Does he do this? Does he, all the 60 points. He had 53. So it's like somebody who had 53 points, the wife was not happy. She can't think. There's nothing good. There's, uh, she's not happy. The one who had 26 points was rather happy. So then we realized that the happiness was caused by the person. The person is not a happy person. That is why the person is not happy. Amazing. But you see, I was surprised at how they took, they, it's like they took my book with respect. That it's like these points are true. That if you are a good husband or a one type of husband, these are the things. Do you like using the same toothbrush with your husband? Do you bath with the same towel? I mean, a lot of questions. <laughs> 60, 60 points. Yeah. But it's like to them, what I've written is, 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 is like God is speaking. So they took it. And when they analyzed, then you realize that true. People are not happy not because you don't have a good person. Sometimes you have somebody who does everything. But you are not a happy person. Your spirit, there's something wrong with you. That is why every time there's an issue, every time there's something wrong. But you see, I'm telling you this to say that, eh? I was just surprised at the respect given to me like I've written a book. And they say, they, they, the marriage counselor, they don't, need, they don't use model marriage. They use beauty and the beast. That is what they use for counseling. That's the real whatever for counseling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 60 points. They, they, they took about five different wives. Husband and wife, husband and wife, husband and wife. Then they asked the question, 51, 53, 41, got 31 points, 26. But the 26, for me, my husband is very good. Oh. I really is very happy. This, uh, well, only, only, he had only 26. Most of the things when he doesn't do them, they are ah. oh, happy cries. Our marriage is very nice. So respect, I tell you, start to see people. They said, oh, he's a, he's a pastor, he's a man of God. Like, start to see Jesus has sent this person to me. It, it changes everything. Start to see things as Jesus sent this one to me. Jesus wrote this book to me. And when you see it that way, the same thing that everybody has. Because when I was writing those points, I didn't know that somebody would take it so seriously. That they, that's, what, that's what they use for analysis for marriages. It's evaluation. Value. 
value and worth honor yes great honor of words of books it's like Jesus sent this person to me wouldn't you listen if Jesus said somebody go and tell this person this would you not just sit up and say what did Jesus say yes but when people are sent to us we don't take it that way so we said what this person oh amen okay amen 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 it's good Now, number three, respect. Before, I, I'm not yet on any human being. I'm just respect for God, respect for Jesus. Now I'm on respect for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 29. Of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the son of God. You stamp on the son of God. Huh? And has counted the blood of the covenant Wherewith he was sanctified and an holy thing. Now notice, punishment, the word punishment. And has done despite, you see, respect. Look, notice the other word, respect. Has done despite to the spirit of grace. You see, the spirit of grace. You must never disrespect the spirit of grace or the spirit of God. Never. You can live and live and live. Don't disrespect God. I've showed you how to disrespect God. Don't respect people above him. I've shown you how to respect Jesus. Now I'm showing you how to respect the Holy Spirit. Because this verse is saying that some people do despite. Despite means they disrespect. I mean they just mash him to the side. The spirit of grace. Now you have to be careful. I need oil. I need a whole bottle of oil. Somebody somewhere. It's okay. They're getting it. Now, when it comes to the anointing, the Holy Spirit is the anointing. In all your mistakes, don't make the mistake of doing any kind of disrespect to the Holy Ghost. He's actually different from the Father and different from the Son. Because in the case of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that anybody who blasphemes the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. Not that serious. All the others seem to be forgivable. The Holy Spirit, the anointing, He that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness. Hath never forgiveness. These are big words. Hath never forgiveness. But is in danger of eternal damnation. 
Now, the Holy Spirit is the anointing. Anointing. Now, what is the anointing? The anointing is what makes somebody do what he is doing. No man can do these things except God be with him. What did Jesus say? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. So all the things he's doing, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's healing, his ministry, his healing, broken hearted, setting captives free, letting people be delivered. All that is ministry from a person. When you despise ministries, you are despising the Holy Spirit. That is why anybody who is going to do well, you never hear the person speaking about anybody starting from our greatest fathers, which is the Catholics. From the Catholics to the Anglicans to the Methodists to whatever. You leave them alone. You learn to leave them alone and leave them to God. Once you are desiring the anointing, you must respect anointing. And if you want anointing to come near you, you must respect anointing. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. This one is a touch me not. There's even a soap called touch me not. Is it not true? Don't touch me soap. Anointing, if a soap is a don't touch me, anointing is more than don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch it. Now, all through when King David you see was a king when David was a king he had a chance to attack the anointed Psalm 105 verse 115 says don't touch it but David said in 1 Samuel 24 I cannot do this thing to my master the Lord's anointed to stretch forth my hand against him. Sing. Why? The only reason the only reason for not stretching your hand the only reason for not stretching your hand is that he's the Lord's anointed. He's anointed of the Lord. The only reason you have to not touch Somebody who is God's servant. It's the only reason, not because he's good, not because he's moral, not because he's perfect, not because he's done the right thing, not because he didn't make a mistake, not because he's right in every way. It's because he's the Lord's anointed. What Put the scripture there. He said, seeing he's the anointed of the Lord. You see that he's the anointed of the Lord. Seeing he's the anointed. Because you can see that he's anointed. Believe it. That's all. It's a rule. When you go to anywhere, they'll give you the rules. <laughs> you sit on a plane, they'll tell you, you can't put your bag here. 
is the rule. There is a door. You don't open it when the plane is flying. You will be sucked out. It's a rule. You want to try the rule? You're going to find out you don't like not be happy. That's the rule. That's the rule of ministry. Seeing he's the Lord's anointed. Leave it alone. What you are doing will be wrong. By all means, it will by all means be wrong. It will be wrong. It's a high rule. It doesn't have exceptions. Uh, for your own sake, because you are also going to be dabbling in the anointing. Jesus even didn't say anything bad about Judas. Never said a word about him. He just left him. Yeah. Yeah. Many times, David had a chance, he said, and his reason was always the anointing. You want a stable ministry? You want a long-lasting and stable church? Then respect anointing. First Samuel 26 and verse 9. David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Who? <laughs> I mean, who can do it? How can you do you will not be guiltless? You need to be careful. And 1 Samuel 24, verse 10. I will not put forth my hand against my Lord for he is or because he is the Lord's anointed. Amen. You see, this oil. This is anointing. See, this is anointing. That's anointing. You want to, you want to attack me. You want to strike me. When you strike me, you strike the oil before you strike me. Yes. You want to attack me. An anointed person. You will strike, you say, I will, I, will, I will hit the person. I will strike the person. You strike the oil. Yeah. Because he's anointed. And his garments are anointed. So when you, when you stretch your hand like this, you strike the spirit of grace. First. Yes. That is upon him. That has made him to do the things he's doing. That has made him to preach. That has made him to heal. That has made him to champion certain things. That has made him to speak. And you get up with your hand. Foolish man. And look at my hand. I've struck the oil. I've struck the anointing. I've struck at God himself. It's a rule. I say it's fools who play with this kind of thing. That's why today when you go to Israel... The flag of Israel remembers one king, David. The man who wouldn't tamper 
if another king, as long as he wants to be in power, he should be in power. My mind, I can't fight this person because he's anointed. I don't know what will become of you if you do despite to the spirit of grace. Watch out for people who feel that they are just waking up with their hand. Get up. Slap. You want to slap the person, but the person is anointed. You slap, you slap the oil. Because you slap the oil before you hit the person. And some of you, you know, the eternal curses you have brought upon yourself. By striking, so this man is an expired, it's an expired power. It's an expired anointing. He said this and that. And you speak in a way. How can you do well by striking what you need? Is it not some of this oil that you need on your head? And why would you strike it? Because you feel that I'm striking the person. But, but before you realize, you have done something against the spirit of grace. And that's it for you. You know, one time, I was speaking to Archbishop Duncan Williams. And he was telling me, you know, this thing, eh, he said, where this has reached, just pray for mercy. Because they don't know what they are doing. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, it's, it's too bad. You touch certain things. And then at the point he lived, he said, it's not everything you touch. And it's not everything you touch. It's not everything you touch. It's not everyone you touch. <laughs> said, he said, it's not everyone you touch. And I agree with him. Yes. You take somebody like Benny Hinn. You see the great things that God has used him to do. One day I met a lady, a man in South America and Argentina. He told me for anointing. He, was, he said I was an interpreter for Benny Hinn. He said, look, you'll be on the stage. You'll see that a wind is blowing. Literally, a wind is blowing on the stage. He said for power and anointing for Benny Hinn. Places where he said, You see that the wind is blowing, we are all on the stage. He said, There's nothing like that. He has never seen anything like that before. Oh, yes. Now you get up and so, Benny Hinn, what is this? With your mouth, you strike. I don't know how you can ever amount to anything. Yeah. So, all of us who have been striking anointings here and there. You know, you strike, so just whatever. Don't, don't say anything. Learn to say please. You know, when I've watched Kenneth Hagin's funeral more than 10 times, it's a video three hours. Every time I always come, he never said anything about anybody. He never said anything about it. You ask him, he's not, I don't know. What do you think about this? One day he spoke. One day he went to a conference and there was a pastor who he announced that this man of God has committed some sins, so he has been removed from something. So the next day, some people who were not there on the first day came and they asked him, oh, were you there last, uh, yesterday? We heard that a uh, man of reverend, this has been, this and that. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. So he said, what do you think about this? Oh, I agree. I agree totally. It's good that they cleared the man from there, this and that. Wow. So when he went home in the evening, he was lying down in his bed. The lights were, lights were, uh, the lights were off. 
Suddenly the light came on, not the, um, not the bulb. It became day. Can I think it's wild though? It's like it became day. And then there was a voice in the room. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? That was the voice. That was the question. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Then the voice came again. Who art thou? He said he couldn't find anybody there. Daylight. Three times the voice came. Then the light went off. Like the daylight became night again. He said from that day. Eh, he has nothing to. Because he was just agreeing with what. He didn't judge the man. He didn't say anything about the man. Somebody came to ask him about the man. And he also gave his opinion. And that was look at what is happening to him. He said, from that day that is the end of talking about people. And you have to learn that. I beg you, please. This one is anointing. Leave it. I beg you. I don't want to die. You have to tell, tell your neighbor, I don't want to die. I beg you, just concentrate on your ministry. I, I want to be alive. Yeah. Those of you who have pastors, pastor is preaching to you, teaching you. You just sit in your house and make comments and talk about him. If he was not anointed with oil, he cannot be your pastor. Yes. Those of you who are here, you are members. You followed your pastors here. You have to be careful. And you have to be careful. You think it's just my pastor. You strike him from the back. Backstabbing. Criticize at the back. You are doing it against the oil that is upon their lives. And the reaction will not be from him. It will be from God. Dearly beloved, Romans 12, 29 said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Avenge not yourself, says the Lord. Don't avenge yourself. It is the Lord. I will repay, but give place unto wrath. I will repay. God likes repaying things. It is mine. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Yeah. I will repay. I will pay the people. I will pay the people. Don't pay. I will pay. God is wild. How many have watched a film where there is vengeance? The person comes, the bad person is caught and is killed and you are happy. Isn't it true? Tell the truth. Tell the truth and raise on God. We are in the house of God. That feeling is, is God. It's God. It's, it's a God feeling. Because God is the one who loves to avenge. And he likes to do So he's like, when he sees a case, he says, ah, I've got a new case to be an avenger. You get what I'm saying? I've got a new case to be an avenger. And when you get involved, then he has to pull back. And it really pains him because he wanted to avenge himself. It really pains him. Amen. Are you listening? All right. So, very important. Don't touch the oil. You may think, so when I see anointing, I will not touch it. No. Don't touch anointed people because you'll be touching anointed people. You'll be getting into the anointing first because before you strike, you strike. Touch, touch me here. Touch me. Now what's on your hand? Yeah, that's the Holy Ghost. So you were striking me, but you took oil. 
Be blessed. <laughs> yes. All right. Please be seated. <laughs> Don't want to sit down. <laughs> Honor your prophet. Respect for a prophet. You see. If you notice, prophets are people who are vilified and insulted in Ghana and all over the world. Yes. But they are people that are so important. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, prophets are people, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Huh? Verse 5. And there he could do no mighty works. Amen. Now, You see, mighty works come on where there is respect. He couldn't do mighty work because there was no respect. You, you are a pastor, you will never do mighty works until you are respected in your church. It's true. Your mighty works are within you, but you need an environment of respect so that your mighty works can come on. What did they say about Jesus? He could not do, put it, he could dare do no mighty work because he was without honor, without respect. So where there's no respect, there's no mighty work. You may be anointed, brutal, brutal, wild, wild anointings, but no mighty works. Come on. It's true. You know, I've, I've never, I, I understand why God has given me a number of visions to show me how anointed I am. Yes. I, 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 I can understand why, because based on what you see and what happens, you can easily feel you are not an anointed person. How many persons have sometimes wondered that it's like you are oil free? Oil free, like oil has not been discovered in your life. <laughs> oil has not been discovered in your ministry and your life yeah, it's easy to think so based on what people how people talk, how behave how they respond to your ministry yes <laughs> yeah, you can easily feel me, I'm, I'm an oil free man 
Like there are nations with oil and there are nations without oil. So there are pastors with oil and pastors without oil. So I'm one of the pastors without oil. You'll never be dry from today in the name of Jesus. Let your head not lack any ointment. You'll never be found dry. Amen. One day I had a vision. In the vision, I saw myself standing there. That's, that is more like a trance when you see yourself. And it, when I saw myself, my, I was bare-chested. And then suddenly my stomach opened like a door from here, from under my armpit to down here. It opened like a door. And when it opened, there were no intestines in me. Yeah, no intestines. Only what was in me were three cables, uh, electric cables, thick ones. One, two, three, high-tension cables. And they were sizzling. And it was inside me. Yeah. Receive power in your soul, in your belly, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, yes. And the door closed, the door closed, and then I heard a voice, and the voice said, I wanted to show you what is in you. I wanted to show you what is in you. Yes. I said, wow. Because you may be heavily anointed, but because you are circulating in an environment of no respect. Everything about you is no respect, no respect, no respect, no respect, no respect. Because of that, great things don't happen in your life and your ministry. Yes, great things don't happen in your life and your ministry. Yes, great things don't happen. Because you are always working in an environment of, you know, like, who are you? Where, where do you come from? What school did you go to? Where, where are you anointed from? What is this and that? Oh, don't bring yourself. When people are talking, don't talk, don't also speak. When men of God are speaking, don't speak. You know yourself. Wow. But God gave me that vision to encourage me. To, to to let me know there's something. Now, one day, God took me far from my house. I went to different countries, but one of the countries I went to was Argentina. When I got to Argentina, I was quite far now from home. You take about two days to get there. Here, 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 before you arrive. So when I got there, they told me, you are preaching in the afternoon, Sunday. He said, here, we don't go to church in the morning. We go to church in the afternoon. I said, okay. I said, what do you have here? He said, we have meat. And then also church. We have church. That is in the afternoon. So I said, no problem. I went to the church in the afternoon. And I preached. Now, 
there was also God was showing there was some power that I have not seen. Oh yeah, just to encourage you. But the power, it is there. It's respect that is not there. Yeah. But because I was a visitor, nobody knew my house, nobody knew my age, nobody knew my country, nobody knew anything. They said, a man of God has come. And it was one of the biggest churches in Buenos Aires. Yes, main church. If I mention the name of the pastor, you know him. I preached. When I finished preaching, I started to lay hands on the people. I always remember the word waterfall. It was like a waterfall. It's like power fire. I even lost my watch. My watch disappeared. Yeah, my watch, it went. It went. The power, it was so much that my things were taken away from me. Now, the high tension was working. Now, when we finished, it was after service that was more dramatic. Yeah, because after the, the, the pastor ushered me, that time my watch was lost, everything. The pastor ushered me to sit in the pastor's office. So when I sat there, then he called his son to come and be with me with the wife. So when the son came, he said, Pastor Sarifama, he said, can you pray for us? So I said, okay, but I was tired. You know, I was so tired. I've been ministering to people. So when I touched him, he somersaulted, he and his wife, somersaulted and vanished under, there was a desk. They vanished under the desk. And I didn't know what to do. So I sat down and then only their feet the two of them, their feet were showing under the desk. You know, there. But when you, when you come into the room, you, you can't see them. So I was sitting there when the pastor, the host, came and opened the door. I said, ah, where is sir? Whatever. I said, oh, this is sister. <laughs> they, are, they are under there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. God will show you that there is power and anointing and grace in your life. God will show you. Yes. He'll show you the power and the grace that is in you. And that is why it is important to even make relationships. Because you see, sometimes it is when you are far from home that you see how powerful and anointed you are. Yeah. Because in your own country, sometimes, one time I was in Brazil, somebody came and said, this man, I know him from Ghana. He's not respected in Ghana. Yes, he's respected here more than he's respected in Ghana. Yeah. Do you remember? He was there. Yes. And they told you. Yeah. Anyway, so they called the person who was taking me home. But that time my watch was lost. And these people, I think they have come out from. I don't know if they were still under the table, but it was time to go. So there, there is no car park at the church. There's a car park somewhere. So they are parked in some story building. The floors of car park. So we have to walk on the road. So walk on. That time it was late in the night, about 11 to 12. 
As we were walking on the road, suddenly I was surrounded by some people from the church. Pray for us. I said, look, I finished praying for people in the church. I've sitting, finished sitting in the office. And then, so I said, I just stretched my hand. All of them fell on the road. They just collapsed on the road. Yes. So I, I had to leave them on the pavement. I didn't want even a car to come and run over them. They were all on the floor there, on the roadside. Open there, yeah. No, these were not prayers. Just like lightning. It was like lightning. Lightning. And all these experiences, they are things where God is showing you the kind of power that is in you. But only there's a lack of respect. Yes. Where there's respect, you will see power. Jesus Christ could not. Look at it. He could not even do mighty works there. I mean, think about it. Who is greater than Jesus? But there his power anointing was not working. And that is why if I was to come to your church, I would be teaching your church people to respect and to honor. Because where there is honor and where there is respect, do you understand? You see that your gift starts to work. You become like a magical person. You see that your things are working fantastically. And that is why you see that rarely is there any ministry which is only in Jerusalem. Every ministry is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and Atamost. If it's real ministry, it will have four phases. If it's real ministry, it will be Jerusalem, it will be uh, Judea, it will be Samaria, and it will be Atamost. Oh, yes. When I was in uh, Senegal, I was seen as a magician. Yes. I was seen as a marabou, a grand marabou. Yes, in Senegal. I'm telling you, it's total Muslim. They were, I mean, it was magic. I traveled to this island. They have an island where they take slaves to. I think we met somebody there. Oh, yeah, they've heard that there's a grand marabou marabou in in town who's come to do magic. I said, really? Come on me, as human. Bible studies. Wow. You are being anointed heavily with power and grace. Yes. So, it's a blessing. Amen. Now, respect. I've spoken about respect for God, respect for Jesus, respect for the Holy Spirit, respect for prophets, and now respect for fathers. Yes. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. Honor thy father. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long. Respect for fathers in the ministry causes you to live long, number one, and it causes it to be well with you. Recently, I saw one young, one pastor. He separated from his father who made him a, 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 bishop, a pastor. 
and um, printed things about his spiritual father. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And spread stories. Yes. You see, at a point, you have to pray even for your children. His son went mad suddenly. Just in the middle, he was just normal. He finished school. He just went mad. They came to show this. The son has gone mad. This one has this. This one, all the children. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. You know, a father is giving us a temptation and also as a blessing. If you fail your test with your father, you failed a very big test. Yeah, you failed a very big test. A father has not a prophet. Not a prophet. I'm not talking of respecting prophet. I'm talking just a father. A father has a special two-pronged blessing. That come to children. Two things come from fathers. It will be well with you and you will live long. These are the two. Or you survive for a long time. These are only for fathers. Not prophets, not pastors. Fathers. That's why a father in your life must be special. If you play with it, don't blame anybody. Don't blame anybody. Fathers, that is, that is what the Bible has to say for fathers. He has every, something to say for prophets, for pastors, for teachers, for everybody. But for fathers, he has two things. Yes. If you respect your father, it will be well with you. Number two, you live long. If you fail in that test, you see, then you failed the test of being well with you and the test of living long. Yes. It's amazing. And it's amazing that people can make horrible mistakes. Yes. A father is not an old man. Don't think of an old man when we say father. When you became a father, how old were you? 20. 20 years old when you became a father. 20. It's not an old man who becomes a father. It's that you produce the person. A father is not an old man. A father is someone who causes you to exist. He makes you happen. He is the one who causes you to come into existence. Like, without him, you will not, you will not be there. Yes. You will not have been a pastor, you will not have been this, you will not have been that, you will not have been all these things that you are. Yes. yes. If it was not for my father, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exist. Yes. My biological father wouldn't have made me exist. And some people are more of fathers to you than pastors. Sometimes they are more of fathers to you than prophets. Sometimes they are more of prophets to you than pastors. Or whatever. But with fatherhood. Eh? With fatherhood. You know, that's why a person who cannot say which church you came from. Sit down, sit down, sit down. You cannot say which church you came from. You cannot boldly say, oh, I came from here. This one trained me. I came from here. I was there. This happened. This happened. Now, you can't say it. Why can't you say it? Why can't you say it? Well, what have you done that you can't say it? What, what have you done to yourself? What have you done to, what have you, what have you done? What have you done that you can't say it? What have you done that you can't say that? Have you touched a father? Have you touched the place where you came from? Then you failed the biggest temptation of your life and ministry. 
It's a big one. It's not about pastors. It's not about teachers. It's not about all those things. It's about who calls you to exist. Yes. That one is different. Look, don't fail when it comes to fathers. And no matter how annoyed you are, fathers are given to as temptations, as tests, whether you, it will be well with you, whether you will survive for a long time. Yes. Sometimes you will even fall into sin because you dishonor your father. Yeah. You fall down. You see that you become a fornicator, adulterer because you don't respect and so God will lift his hand. Remember Abimelech? When Abimelech took, uh, what's his name's wife? Abraham's wife. Yeah. No, God told him, I held you back from touching her. I held you back. Fornication is something that power also holds you back. Yes. Power can hold a person back. Yeah. He said, I, I held you back that you will not touch her. Yeah. Put that scripture up. Find it. He said, I prevented you from touching this person. And sometimes when you are dishonorable, God will say, okay, here you are. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So you see that suddenly your ministry is finishing. Because ministry doesn't go with immorality. So one of the ways to end your ministry is immorality. Yeah. One of the ways to end your ministry is immorality. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Genesis 20 verse 6. God said unto him in a dream. I know that you did this in the integrity of thine heart. For, so therefore, because of that, I also withheld thee. God says, I withheld you from sinning against me. Yeah. He, he, he told I me, mean, like, I, and I suffered, therefore, I suffered thee not to touch her. Yeah, I mean, there's power that can hold you back. And there's power that can say, okay, here you are. Here she is. Here it is. And that's it. You're finished. Are you listening? Yeah. So those of you who just wake up and you just take on father. You see, if you have a bad relationship with your father or some biological father, spiritual father, any person who is a father of any sort, you have a problem. Houston, we got a problem. When the rocket went to the air and it was got a problem that was not coming, they radioed a message. They said, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you got a problem. <laughs> There's a serious problem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see a daughter who is in conflict with her father. 
How far will you go? You see a son who is in conflict with the father. How long will it last? You see somebody who did everything for you, bent over backwards for you, helped you. You wouldn't be anything. You know, I remember one guy. You know, I, a lady came to see me and said, this brother wants to marry me. And I remember I stood up and I walked to the window. I didn't look at her and I said, marry him. He's a good guy. Marry him. They wouldn't have a wife if I, I didn't say so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He wouldn't be a pastor. I appointed him as a pastor. He wouldn't have a house. He wouldn't have had a job. He wouldn't have known the city that he is in. He wouldn't have almost all the things he has. But he rose up to despise me. And I didn't, I didn't say anything. I don't have to say anything. The rules you've broken will break you. You know, Derek Prince said something. He said that no, no, nobody, eh? let me stand on the chair. He said, nobody breaks the law of gravity. It has, it has never happened before. He said, the law of gravity breaks people. You, you, you don't break a law. The law breaks you. Yes. To break you. You don't break any law. The law will break you. Yeah. <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. So, what, you know what I'm trying to say? Activate all relationships with fathers. Not with fake Outward, what not, but with realities. Everybody activates your biological father. Your, you know, in my church, because everybody in the church is a, 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 a children. Yeah. Everybody in the church is a children. I tell them, so they are all going back to their fathers and activating their relationships with their fathers with respect with respect, with respect, with respect. And so many of them are being blessed. You know, one brother, one came to me, he said, my father, when we, when we come to the house, you know, when we, when we come home, when he, he comes home, they will shout, eh, bae, eh, bae. Then, numbemba. Then everybody scatters. They turn off the television, they run, everybody goes. So he comes into the house. Quiet. Then he said one day he was looking at the father from a corner and he saw the father came into the room and went to the television and put his hand behind the television to see that it was hot. And he saw that they were there before he came out. As soon as he came, they've all scattered. You know? Hey, by hey. So, when he came to church, he started to hear Honor your father, love your father. First of all, he started to hear that your father is a good person. Because he had only known that his father is a bad person. So sometimes if your mother is not so understanding of some of these principles, she will poison you against your father. One of the things I thank God for my, my mother. God bless her heart. 
She never said anything bad about my father to me. In fact, she made me to think that my father was the most moral and good person that has ever been. Oh, yes. Yes, I did, and I didn't know so many things about my father. I got to know many more things later, but I look back, I realize that my, my mother has helped me not to hate my father and to, I mean, not to have something evil. It was, it's, I, I really appreciate her for that. She never made me think of anything bad about her. Oh, Sometimes she would say, your father would never do this. Your father would never do this. Daddy would never do this. Yeah. Even if he was even doing something hundred times worse than that, she would say he would never do this. Yeah. That's all that I thought. So this guy, he started to hear your father is a good person. He started, so he decided to. He said, so when a father comes in the night, he will come out of the room and he will welcome the father. Then he will help the father to eat. Because at first, nobody comes like, it's a fend for yourself a service. Do everything by yourself. Then he will sit with the father, talk to the father. That the father has come home, sit with her when he's eating, and he will talk with him like that. I mean, he started to see the father in a different way. Suddenly, the father called him one day. So, you have a phone. He, just, he bought him a phone. Then, after that, then they called him. So, I want you to have a car. Take this car. Then after another time, he called him. He said, you know, I want you to be a signatory on my business. I want you to, you are, whatever. And he gave everything till he died. He died. He died. But before he died, all his things, he activated the relationship with his father and became the main person <laughs> and got so many blessings. You see, there are so many blessings. Fathers bring blessings. And a father, through a father, you can be tempted and you can be cursed. Yeah. I, I want you to know that a good spiritual relationship with a father is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Activate it by what? Respecting him. Instead of seeing that a bad man has come to the house. A what? A bad man has come. I mean, when I was younger, when I come home, I make everybody must wake up in the house. Yes. When I arrive, I say, everybody awake. Because I'm not an arm robber. I am a good person. I've gone out to work and I've come. It's my house. I should be, I should be welcomed. Everybody should wake up and welcome me. <laughs> I'd rather not be going quietly as if, as if you open the fridge slowly, you'll be... Doing things as if you've done something wrong. Arise and welcome me. <laughs> the king of this house. If I'm not a king of kings, in this small room here, that is where I am. Like, I'm the Lord of Lords in this small space here. Hey. Some husbands are known in every restaurant in the area. So I am speaking to you spiritually. Activate your relationship 
with fathers. Let it be a good relationship. Not just today. Forever. Don't play that. And you know what? No one will ever treat you as a father because you also never treat anybody as a father. That's another one. They are all watching you to see. He wants people to call you daddy or papa or papa or uh, pa or da. They will never call you da. They will mention some bad name behind your back. Attila the Han or they will mention Rambo or something behind your back. Rambo mbae, ebae, ebae. Instead of calling you daddy. <laughs> killer, killer is coming. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. All right, please. We'll be ending sooner. Honor your pastor. Respect for your pastor. Yes, all pastors must be respected in churches. Amen. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. We've talked about respect for God, respect for the Holy Spirit, respect for Jesus, respect for prophets, respect for fathers. Now, we are talking about respect for pastors. Yeah. Wow. Let the elders that rule well be accounted worthy of double honor or double respect. Double respect. Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Amen. Amen. Now I want to say respect in the church as a pastor. How many want to know how to generate respect in the, in the church? As to generate respect for yourself. There is this, the key to respect in your church is in this verse. Look at the verse. What does it say? Those who labor in the word and doctrine. If you become a master of the word and doctrine, you will get double respect. In fact, you are worthy of double respect. You know, the greatest thing you have to offer is the word. The greatest prophets, like even Kenneth Hagin or Moses, it was the word. The miracles that Moses did, the signs and wonders, mostly it's the word that he spoke that has lasted up till now. So, Every pastor and leader must become a better giver and administrator of the word and doctrine. You know, one day somebody was watching me online. I was having a give that self He was surprised that there were 3,000 people online. And that's, and the group that he was watching was 3,000 people. Just that group. But he was surprised because it was 3.30 in the morning, a.m. He didn't know there were other groups even. Because in his country, it was 
But he, he later on realized that Ghana is three hours behind them. So he was surprised. Wow, 3,000 people are listening to this person. But he didn't know the other groups. But when you put all the other groups together, there's more than 10,000 people watching online. And some of them are groups. <laughs> because every denomination and every group are all watching different things. One day I went to preach somewhere and when I finished preaching, somebody else came to preach. And the person was saying, saying to me that, oh, I was feeling bad. I said, why are you feeling bad? He said, because when you were preaching, you know, you just spoke for 30 minutes there. There was 1,000 whatever people online. As soon as you left and the next person came, it was almost, I mean, less than 100 or whatever. So everybody went offline. I don't know this. It's young people who follow all these things. <laughs> yeah. I am telling you something. Eh? That are, listen to me. Maybe you came only for this moment. Are you listening? Are you listening? Maybe only for what I'm about to say. Learn how to labor in the word. Labor in the word. Preach the word. Learn how to do it by learning from somebody who does it to a level that brings a certain interest and result. Because people watching you shows respect. They are respecting it at 4 a.m., at 3.30 a.m. Yeah. Become a master preacher. Don't become how you are. Me, I'll tell you, the way I preach, I have modified the way I preach intentionally. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know. I've changed the way I preach and modified the way I preach and changed things that I do to make me preach the way I preach. Yes. And it has its results. Oh, yes. If I put on the internet now, it will, thousands of people will start watching. Yes. It's off. Yeah. You can change your preaching and you become a very, very good preacher. And I know of no better way of preaching, learning to preach, than to listen to a particular message that you like till you can preach it. You see, for instance, recently I was listening to Derek Prince. I listened to Derek Prince. I was listening to some preaching that he was preaching, and I listened to it again. I realized that even though I enjoyed it, I cannot preach it at all. Like if you ask me to talk about what he said, I can't at all. I can't at all. And I realized that, oh, this is the difference. Whereas there are preachings that I listen, one time I listened to a man of God, I listened to 90, 90 something messages on the same topic. Yes. And I keep on hearing similar things, but it was 90, 90 something, because I've arranged it in my, where I listen to the message, I've arranged it, it was number one to hundred, whatever, to number one to about almost hundred. So I listened to all from one to the end, then I started again, one to the end, until 90 something on the same topic. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm laboring. It's laboring. It takes time. If you change the way you preach, you'll be shocked at the effect 
that it would have. Even the topic of what you preach, you find out that never has God left it to you as to what to preach. It has never been left to anybody to choose what to preach. Go and read your Bible. If you look at Jonah chapter 3, let's look at Jonah chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. All right? And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it, what? The preaching, I bid thee. Not what you think. Preach the preaching that I told you to preach. And this was the second time. The first time too, he said, arise and go to dinner and preach this. But the second time, he said, the, 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 remember what I told you to go and say? Go and say the same thing. Preach the preaching. Preach the preaching. Preach the preaching, I bid thee. Preaching is not as you think it is. That you just say how you think. Or you just speak what you want. Preaching is a special thing. It is the only thing that preachers do is to preach. Yeah. Every great person in the ministry is a very good preacher. That's the hallmark of a, of a minister is his preaching. You must labor in the word. You must now become, and I'm going to give you, you know, at a point I'll show you, I'll give you things to take with you. You must labor Labor, I mean, spend time preparing, but you, you see, there's you have to spend that preparing prepare over a long period. You know, <laughs> one day, uh, one pastor went to do some bad things, and then he was suspended from being a pastor for some time. After some time, his wife came to see that, oh, Pastor so and so is backsliding. I said, why? Well, he's not reading his Bible, he's not doing anything. I said, why? And then what we found out was that you see, he reads the Bible to preach. So because he was suspended for preaching, he was stopped reading the Bible. Uh-huh. You see, but you don't read your Bible for preaching. I don't read my Bible. Like, the Bible that I read today has nothing to do with what I'm preaching. It's just my normal Bible, whatever I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. Decide to labor. Look at it. Let those that labor in the word be counted worthy of double honor, double money, double everything, everything double. Everything double. Everything double. Everything double. Everything double. Everything double. Receive double. Receive double. Receive double. Receive double. Receive double. Listen. Choose a preacher and copy the person until the person is tired of you. Yes, until the person is tired of you. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I believe if I can preach, you can preach. Because I was born without gifts. I'm sure you were born with gifts, but all through my school, no one even made me a class prefect because they sensed I had no gift. Till God give me a gift. Yeah. If my preaching has an effect, 
I am sure your preaching will have an effect. Yes, I'm sure. If only you will be humble to learn how to preach. You know, my my decision to copy is extreme. Yes. I, I learned, I realized that my decision to copy is extreme when one day I was not able to copy. I will tell you something I tried to do, but it didn't work. Yes, that's when I realized that you can copy, but to a point, realize that you cannot copy. You know, one time I was learning, I was watching Jimmy Swaggart, and I was learning, I, I, I watched the video to the end, and I do the, especially the altar call. When I was in university, I used to come and just, I like the altar call part. That's why I'm good at doing altar calls for salvation. One day, a young girl told me, she said, Daddy, today you didn't say it. I said, I said what do you mean I didn't? She said it was different. I said, why? What was different? She said, usually I'm afraid when you are doing altar calls. I mean, I'm in the church, but I'm always afraid. Whenever you do altar calls, I'm afraid. Yeah. But I, I, I watched Jimmy Swaggart. And I was learning how to do altar calls. He can do altar calls. There were two things I saw. Number one, he had glasses. And then he would move the glass in a way. And do the altar call. And I realized that I, I didn't have glasses. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't copy that one. And he had a, he had a tie that he, he loosens it like this when he's doing the altar call. And I realized that that's what I'm talking about. Then number three, he will cry. He cries doing altar call. Yeah. So I realized that the crying wasn't coming. So you know, I've been watching actors. When they cry, they actually cry. I mean, wonder how do they cry? Yeah. I don't know whether you have to put rub in your eyes or whatever. You know? So I was wondering whether during the autocar I can turn to the side and put some rub in my eyes and then come and cry. <laughs> but I realized I couldn't do it. So you notice I really have not cried. I don't cry altar calls. Yeah. But for learning that what you are doing, I will do. I will say the same words that you say. I'll say how you say it. I'll do it. I'll listen to 100 times until I can preach what you are preaching exactly like how you are preaching it. Because I like it. I love it. God made me like it. Yes. It changes. You change. Yeah. You change. Never sit back and say, oh, I'm not like this. I'm a woman. I'm a man. He's a man. I'm a this. He's like this. He's that and that. Those things will cut you off. You'll be anointed with fresh oil. Lift your hands and thank God for a new grace. Matabara sota malandala makabarandala parabala activate oh lord all relationships by the power of respect lord activate 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 mahadal basana mahadal masama hadash bahanala mahasbahal debo hadakamalada mandel pesperido lake mariades Mother 
so it shall come to pass that us respect and honor honor for the anointing honor for the fathers honor for the grace honor for the prophets respect for the ministry respect for pastors as it increases so shall the grace increase amen so shall the blessings increase. Amen. So shall the church be increased. Amen. So shall the anointing flow greater. Amen. And more and more gifts shall come from heaven. Showers of blessings shall fall upon you. Amen. In the day of your respect and your honor. Therefore, walk on in the Lord. Walk on in the gift of God. Yes. Walk on in great respect and honor for the things of God and for God and His Word. For God and what God has highly esteemed. Honor the men that God honors. Honor the things that God honors. Honor Jesus. Honor the Holy Spirit. Nahamba, Barasunda, Machende, Paramasakata. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you. For your blessing yes. that you give to us. Oh, Every yes. crisis that looks rising in your church, Jesus, in your ministry, yes, there is a flattening of all high things in Jesus' name. For every crisis and every looming threat, yes, upon you, your mm. ministry, your calling, Jesus, it is quenched. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every rising crisis, Jesus, catastrophe, yes, randas baranda, every dark cloud and yes. dark day, Jesus, Olamba, Torameda, Talmalaysia, yes. Barandas, yes. Palataga, through the grace. For the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that you experience. You shall not experience it anymore, says the Lord. For now I shall raise up men. Yes. Men of honor. Yes. Men of respect. Yes. Men of humility. Yes. Men of decency. Yes. Amongst you. Amen. They shall champion the cause of the honor and the respect of the things of God of his servants. Oh, yes. Be blessed. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. I challenge everything that challenges you. I contend against what contends against you. I speak on your behalf in the realm of the spirit that you should be respected and honored. According to the grace of God and the help of God. Every despisement. Yes. And the soul that has surrounded you, hey. that has characterized your hey. church, characterized your hey. ministry, drowns today in Amen. the name of Jesus. Thanks. Yes, thanks. Holy hands. Thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For your blessing. For your blessing. You deliver us from the scourge. Yes. Of despisement. Yes. And despite yes. that is done to the spirit of grace in our midst, it shall never be numbered. Yes. It shall not be named. Yes. It shall not be considered. Yes. Any longer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. At this time, I want us to receive an offering. And uh, your, your offering this afternoon must reveal respect. Yes. You know, when Jesus was to be born, when Jesus was to be born, the owner of the inn mm. said, I have no room for you. Right. Mm. You know, but she didn't know that she had no room for God. Ah. If he had known, he would have said, you can have the whole of upstairs for the son of God to be born. Many times when we have a chance to show respect to God and to God's things, we don't. We don't. We'd rather take the respect somewhere else. Yeah. But this afternoon, by the power, by the grace, by the grace and by the power, show respect to God's work. As the respect is shown to you, show respect to God by honoring him with your offering. An offering that is an honor. You know, one time I was there, somebody brought me boxer shorts as an offering. She didn't even know whether it was my size. One pair. Not even a pack. Single one. I don't know whether it was a special boxer, uh, boxer short. Maybe for boxing. <laughs> But I'm talking about this. So, let's show honor even for this program and for the opportunity to, to be here. You see, today you have heard something very important. It is respect that makes your ministry great. Not that you are not powerful. The power is there. But if you are in an environment of no respect, no honor, nothing works. When somebody took my book, Beauty and the Beast, they, take, they took it literally to the point where I myself was surprised. And I realized that that is how it is. You read it, except a man is born again. Then somebody takes it seriously, said you must be born again before you come to the church. And that was it. The whole new realm of ministry was born. Born again churches. Yeah. Born again churches. Father, as we honor you today with this offering, Bless, touch, deliver, and raise us up in the name of Jesus. In your precious name. Amen. 